everyone i'm michael jewell and welcome to theater greater than film the green room the show where we watch a piece of pop culture very unprofessionally critique it and then improvise one scene that's so good it makes you want to break your worst enemy out of jail believe me as always we will fail every single time before we get started allow me to introduce our lovely yes ander katiers if machiavelli had a best friend who never shuts up about his homemade sourdough bread it would definitely be this guy mr arfie mansfield i am present <laughs> oh he's mad at me already i knew it was coming and the true mastermind behind the east coast west coast rap wars chris mead <laughs> yeah hi everyone how's it going i'm getting more american as we go through i'm saying more words i'm getting more height it's exciting i'm here it's brilliant hooray <laughs> oh, 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 oh british again by the end huzzah hurrah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, and today we're talking episode three, yes, of the Fan Four Stick and Winter Soldier. So uh, let's get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk Fan Four Stick. Uh, first impressions, Chris. Give me your first impressions uh, of episode three, which uh, a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, you know, like in musicals, there are the songs that everyone talks about, and they're like the breakout songs. Like in, I mean, everyone knows in uh, aspects of love, it's love changes everything in cats it's memory uh yes. i'm just going to get andrew lloyd webber here I first off all the other... i like that you're hitting all of the most popular musicals of all time i mean aspects of love is a great great musical if people haven't seen it, it. Uh, michael ball forever um yeah uh, and then in between those big songs you have what we would refer to as book numbers which are just yes. the the songs that are there to move the story along I felt this whole episode was a bit of a book number. <laughs> there we go. Fully, That's what fully I agree. Fully agree. This was a this was an exposition dump of a of a of an episode. I think like if you were to watch this as a full movie, there's always those like middle parts of a movie where they have to explain stuff. You have to get geography and, and meet characters that are gonna drive the plot and like do that. Where there's not so much spice going on, and this was definitely at uh, for me. Arfi, go ahead. What were your first impressions? So to carry on with this analogy, yeah. I don't like music. Musicals. <laughs> okay. the beginning. Yes. Yeah, like us. I don't have anything against them. I just don't like them. And hanging out with a lot of theatre nerds, uh-huh. I, I've learnt that presumably the reason for that is I don't like the music, which means that the songs for me tend to be an endurance, and I'm just there waiting for them to be over, whereas those are the bits where everything important happens, which means I'm left with a play with gaps in, and yes. during those gaps, <laughs> those are the bits that elevate it for everyone else and I'm there going, when will this be over? Now, that doesn't hold for ones where the music is good or interesting or belongs to a genre which is not musical theatre. Musical theatre is not a genre of music and so when you've got something that just belongs to this milieu and doesn't actually have its own identity, it does nothing for me. Whereas if you've got something like uh, you know, Hades Town or Hamilton absolutely adored them, and because I can get into the music because it actually has a feel to it, it actually belongs to a tradition uh, that uh, resonates with me, and so 
so, truly yeah, theatre this... is greater than film. <laughs> I mean, except when the theatre is musicals and the film isn't musical. <laughs> but sometimes the film is also musicals, particularly Cats, um, which I did I did see. And do you know what? Um, I, I've been struggling to say something positive about this series, and um, I'm going to offer them the tagline, it's better than Cats. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I can't argue that. I've I've really found, based on this episode, a new appreciation for the first two episodes that I didn't like because they weren't this one. Which so those ones I just didn't like them. It was like musicals. I didn't like them because it wasn't for me. It wasn't that they were bad. It's just it wasn't for me. Um, there were some lovely bits in there, but overall it wasn't for me. Uh, this week it uh-huh. was bad. So it wasn't for me, but it was also bad. Um, and I I've tried to work out what it was I didn't like about it. And I think it was the episode. Um, fundamentally... <laughs> The entire episode? Yes. Um, It really comes down to the writing, above all. The writing was bad. um, And just the exposition was universally very bad. But also the plotting of it was literally all over the place. Um, All right, all right. Before we go any further, let's get into... Absolute (laughs) horseshit. I mean, I think that's um, it, isn't it? That's our review. I think that's uh, that's the full episode. I feel like <laughs> I don't know what else we should say. Oh God! Uh, all right. Anyway, so getting into this show a little bit because we do need to talk about it because it is. I I don't agree as strongly with Arthi as uh, I don't have as uh, 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 harsh criticism of this episode, but I do think that this one was an exposition dump and then also not really well done exposition dump mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, where you know we kind of see the quick breakout of Zemo anyway let's do it we'll do the quick recap so here we have our two buddies going over to uh, I think Latvia or Germany rather they're in Munich Germany they go to break out Baron Zemo who not to talk about in this uh, uh, show too much but if you haven't seen like Captain America Civil War you kind of don't really know what this person is but ultimately I knew I'd seen him somewhere yeah yeah (laughs) there it is and so uh, you know so you kind of need that backstory a little bit but ultimately just picture this person as the resident Hannibal Lecter slash Gollum style character where you the good guys need to hire a bad guy to accomplish a goal knowing that the bad guy is probably going to fuck them over at some point and so they do and they get him out but all of it is done real quickly it's not done I don't feel super um, like I wasn't as engaged during it when I was watching it I don't know Chris what do you think about the opening there yeah I don't really know what Bucky did to help did he just use a small bit of paper was that the only <laughs> bit, thing that he did yes. to help yeah it felt like visually you could you could break out any time. Yeah, I could. I just need you to throw a small bit of paper, and then I've got the rest of it covered. Uh, got it. And Buck is like, "Sure, I can do that. I've got a bionic yeah. arm. I could the- I could throw paper anywhere. Where do you want it? <laughs> on a chess set? Yeah, give me a give me a square on that chess set, and okay. I will get that. Okay, Chris, I'm the Winter wow, Soldier. It really feels like you're uh, underestimating the writers, <laughs> characters, and entire production team here. What that was, it was to show that this is a chess move as it were that this is uh you know it's like he's doing four-dimensional chess except without doing so because it's just to trick you into thinking it's more complex than it is so there's one point where he he's 
swipes a, a card and then, you know, ducks into a cell. And then, once people have passed, he ducks through a door on the other side of the corridor. Why didn't he just duck through that door in the first place? It makes no sense. Nothing about it makes sense. It was bad. Also, how does he get out of the jail cell that he just closed? Is there, I, I presume, yeah, it's not like another swipey card thing on the inside of a it's jail It's not cell. supposed to work that way. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm guessing I'm guessing distracted from things that I actually did dislike about it. But Okay. So <laughs> I, I don't really have a problem with Civil War as a film um, because it made no impression on me at all. So um, this was interesting because that came out five years ago and this relies so much on that. It wasn't until the end of the episode that I remembered that Zemo was actually a bad guy. Yes, he was in mm-hmm. prison at the beginning, but he wasn't doing anything that actually made him seem bad. It's like sometimes the good guys are in prison, uh, you know, particularly in America. Um, but you know, let, um, they, yeah. we're not here to talk about the prison and industrial complex. But Aren't there was nothing about the way it was played until the end of the episode when, oh, curses, he betrayed us. That I was like, oh, okay, this guy's a bad guy. Because I don't remember that film because it was um, bland, like like this was. Um, but, you know, it's it's just the least interesting part of the MCU and they've made a whole TV series out of it. And they- <laughs> So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know how he's reading Machiavelli in there? You know, he's got his little, uh, you know, he's got his Hannibal moment where he's reading a book playing chess and uh he's reading he's reading machiavelli i think the prince arfi how much how many times have you read the prince and how much has it driven your whole entire life as a thing so, okay i've i've barely written read a soul i've only read it the once and what <laughs> I genuinely didn't see what all the fuss was about. It's a genuinely well well written management book. Um, it for the most part, it it's not even that cynical. That everyone's like, oh oh, it's so cunning yeah. and cynical. No, it's just because it has an understanding of the way people work and you use their intentions to to your own ends. That's what people see as being so manipulative about it. But it's just about doing things that work for both of you. It's it's genuinely a lot more collaborative than people make out so uh, <laughs> yeah, for this yeah. to be used as a it's a just a, for, it's a team building it's a team building uh, uh book really <laughs> That's in, in a way but it's it's it is um a lot more nuanced than people understand it to be so when you've got it showing up as a way of going oh this guy is machiavellian <laughs> it shows that no one involved has actually read or understood the work at hand and i wonder if that's also true of the comics um, that they just haven't read or understood yeah. them. Because I haven't read them, but I, I rely on the MCU to turn those comics into something fun for me to enjoy so I don't have to read the comics. Not that I don't want to, I just don't have the time. Um, I have so many comics that I want to read, and you know, real books. But I, <laughs> and I just that's don't... a podcast for another day. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Chris! Chris, tell me what your thoughts are on on this, on this version of Zemo. Because you have read some of the comics, I know. And I don't know if you're big on Baron Zemo, but I, I kind of agree with Arfie. They're trying real hard to make this guy seem like, you know, swarthy, snaky, smarter than thou, 10 steps ahead. Is he? Is that? Well, I mean, I, I don't know much about the character in the comics. That's not, um, he's never been a major villain in, in any of the runs that I've, I've read actually so I don't know a lot about him what I will say is though he is crafty enough to somehow just keep a plane with a butler (laughs) 
in mothballs. <laughs> So that as soon as he escapes, he's like, it's like, it's almost like he just opens the door of the plane and the butler's like, oh, oh, hello, oh. sir. Oh, I'll see what's in the pantry. And I just, that was brilliant. I'm like, what is, I would like to see a whole TV series about that butler's life for the last, what, how long has he been in prison for? Like, like five, five years, years, I guess. He's just yeah. in that plane, I think, yeah, in his underpants, probably, just like <laughs> kind of going through all the airline food that, that's been saved. I up. would yeah. so much rather see that. I'd watch that show. I'd watch that show for sure. Uh, so, do you think Zemo translates to you as sort of a smart villain? No, then I don't think it. he doesn't. He doesn't quite work for me. Um, he hadn't made. I I, I love all the films. Uh, he didn't make much of an impact on on me in the films. Um, when we first see him without all the uniform on, he's just in like a hoodie. He just looks like an intern, <laughs> like prison intern. Yeah. Uh, he looks a bit like me and Arthur's friend Alex Fredera, which I I quite like that about it because it's like oh I know him but um, <laughs> I, I did yeah. get strong Alex vibes from him which uh, I wasn't going to mention because I thought that would be far too niche but yeah, you've gone niche. there and I'm delighted by that <laughs> so Zemo but Zemo's got like dough right like who that none of that intrigued you at all the fact that he aside from the fact that he has a butler in, in cold storage for whatever we he's written rich people I just I mean, think what? Michael yeah. it's, it's sort of like you know he's going to be fairly charming and on board up until the point that the screenwriter needs to pull the trigger on uh-huh. his inevitable betrayal. What I did like was that he did the inevitable tra- betrayal and then just grabbed a car and came back around and was like, all right, lads, on to the next episode. Let's hop on in for a ride. <laughs> Speaking of the next episode, um, I, I was disappointed to see it's by the same screenwriter as this episode. So, uh, Strapping, it's it's going to be a while before we get back to the sheer quality of the first two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> there are some amazing lines of dialogue in this, and I would like quickly to say, uh, the, the, obviously the best line in the whole episode was, the breadcrumbs you can have for free, but the baker is going to cost you. Um, <laughs> I would like us all to do another version of that each. So my one right. is, the bacon you can have for free, but the pig farm's going to cost you. <laughs> Off you go. Um, all right. Um, the the key you can have for free, but the key cutting and cobbler service is extra. <laughs> oh gosh, Michael. Uh, the um, the 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 skittles you can have for free, but the instant regret of eating those skittles are gonna cost you. I mean, uh, said like a true personal trainer, I love it. Well done. Thank you for doing that. You just know that I'm always gonna take over the podcast at one point and do something because I'm a horse to I'm say a stuff. You are a maverick. Yeah. Like I said at the opening of the show, single-handedly controlled and orchestrated the full East Coast, West Coast rap battle. If it wasn't for Chris Mead, we might still have Biggie and Tupac alive. I'm just saying. But, but who would they be? Who? Who? No one. Whom? Whom would they Oops, be? Who might they be? be? <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about somebody who I'm re- who's getting on my nerves. Okay. Is it me? And I think you know. <laughs> never. <laughs> Never, ever. 
Uh, it's Wackton Planet. Oh, I'm calling him Wackton Planet from now on, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's Wackton Planet, it. that motherfucker <laughs> who's sitting there fit, truly 10 steps behind and everything. Like, he showed up to that, like, internet cafe three episodes too late. Like, like uh, and also, where, where else did he show up where we were like, oh, the when he, they go to Munich and he's at the it's at the prison. He's like, so you're saying Bucky was here as well the same time? Uh, the, you're like, dude, and Wackton, he was playing chess? with paper hmm. <laughs> yes hmm. uh this guy's getting on my nerves yeah i mean this go ahead so he he had this one line which going back to chris's point about the wonderful dialogue uh he screamed do you know who i am and when you're wearing an american flag and the iconography of who you are is the whole point of what you are and that you're just there to wear the costume that is so well known and has been known for decades if you're asking that you've already lost and I, I'm fairly certain that was the point but it didn't do it artfully or well and it just seemed stupid what about when he got spit in the face that felt pretty artful sure <laughs> <laughs> alright fair enough uh, what do you think Chris well I feel like the shield you can get for free but the iconography Ooh. is going to cost you mm. oh <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, we've said this from the beginning, but let's just say it one more time for the people at the back. The GPC are a thousand percent the baddies, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the new Captain Planet is a billion percent the big bad of this series. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. And um, the Flag Smashers are going to be the, the kind of redeemed and be shown to be on the right side, even though they did blow up a whole building of I mean, people. Who- hasn't oh yeah you're Red- right Re- redemption is a big part of this show i think so and i think the you're MCU right in general. yeah yeah so- and it's the G- grc out there just for those those i know there's gonna be somebody's like uh butter be it's the grc did i say gpc yeah oh. chris somebody, is just somebody will message me that no no like, chris is just making the mistakes so that people will write in and it just builds engagement that's true and- that's true <laughs> the algorithms need it i just thought i think that's gotham police no that would be gps i don't know yeah okay i'm just G- completely wrong but they are GCPD, the, yeah, yeah. the, the mm. Gotham City Police Department, Ooh. yes. So, so um, there was that commercial for the GRC at the beginning of the show. Um, and I just have to say, the beginning of these episodes is, by and large, a mess. Um, so it starts with a previously on, and given that we had WandaVision just a few weeks back, just deconstructing the whole previously on thing, which you don't need on streaming. Like This is not something that is designed ever to be on broadcast television. If you're watching episodes episode three, you've watched episodes one and two, and if you haven't, you've got them right there to previously on it for yourself. So you're not going to miss an episode, and if you're watching it at this point so that you can't binge it, you are invested enough that you'll remember what's happened previously on. And then it goes straight from that into the title, which is just uh, just the words on the screen. It's not even a title sequence. It's not even a sting. It's just there. Which means there's no cold open, and I'm a big fan of the cold open. It gives you the opportunity for just a, almost a sketch at the beginning. Certainly with sitcoms, it gives you an opportunity for a sketch with the characters, but not part of the wider story. But it allows you to set things up, or it allows you to have maybe a lighter moment with uh, with these characters, or it allows you to do something that will only come back into it at the end of it, the way that Breaking Bad often did, that you'd have something that made no sense at all in is- 
isolation. But by the end of the episode, you went, ah, that's mm-hmm. that's the kid who was picking up the tarantula from earlier. That's heartbreaking. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's none of that. So there was an opportunity for with the GRC commercial to have that as the you know, the cold open, the pre-title sting, and then have a suggestion that something was amiss there. But nothing about that ad actually felt sinister. There wasn't even the suggestion in there. It was everything about oh, it's I, I gotta, a missed opportunity. I got to disagree on that. I agree with you on the cold open part. I do like a good moment. But I think that this commercial was sinister in the way that the commercials in WandaVision were kind of sinister because it felt like it felt plastic and it, it gave me this sense like this was clearly the show saying, you know, if we didn't know what we know about the, the show and stuff, it's show saying like, you should love GRC. You should love us. We're great. Knowing that we're going, it's going to be like, the, and naturally, so many of us don't trust. Like when you see like a Coca Cola ad, and everybody's like so happy, and it's like, yeah, say the world. You're like, fuck that Coca Cola ad. That's bullshit. And this sort of gave me that vibe. Mm. What's that? Christmas one's great though, isn't it? With the oh yeah, yeah, the polar bear one. I was specifically thinking of pop. the Kendall Jenner. You remember that Kendall Jenner yes. one where she was like saving the world <laughs> yeah. through a Pepsi or something? Mm-hmm. That was the one I was thinking in my head. Uh, and you're just like, fuck that noise. That's bullshit. So- and that's what this was for me. Like I was like, uh huh, okay. I don't trust this at all. That's a you thing, not a the makers of it thing. You're bringing oh, your, uh, you know, sophisticated film watching uh, approach to it, like rather to than what it, was what, happening. You were reading that in because you know the way these things are structured, but it wasn't really there. So if you if you haven't seen you know tens of thousands of films, mm. that that won't be as clear. They didn't seed the sinisterness. They they're doing the you know pull back and reveal thing. They just haven't done the pulling back and revealing. They're still at the point of setting it up as oh aren't these nice? Oh, they're just nice. It just doesn't have the level of art of making of setting it up in a way where you go oh there's the seeds. Of something there. It's just right. there. You know it's coming because it's so formulaic, but there's nothing in it that actually tells you that That's other than that. we've seen it before. What do you think, Chris? Um, I, I think it's very down the line and, and it's all, uh, you know, these um, pre-shot, what are they called? Uh, f- um, uh, f- the footage is all, uh, you know, stuff that they've just obviously bought off a website. And I think that does... I like stock footage? Like, stock footage is the word I needed. Yes, it's exactly. been a long weekend <laughs> it has been oh yeah i'm i'm in a chocolate coma um <laughs> eaten too much too many easter eggs um but yeah no i I can see what they were going for and i accepted it um but yeah i think you could have put in a few kind of moments that were you know shots held too long smiles that were too fake that we could have i i agree with rp you could have done it more artfully but i think you know i'm like yeah i get what you're doing okay move on sort of thing uh there is something that we're not talking about though that i think we're overlooking when we're talking about the bigger bad guy because there's a motherfucker out there called the power broker and that there is somebody i don't know there is a you know uh marionette uh what's his name what's pinocchio's dad's name geppetto creator's name geppetto there's a geppetto out there pulling some strings and i think it's the power broker and i think the power broker is going to be in charge in some way of the grc because the grc there's this big moment where captain america i'm sorry whacked in planet opens up the door and there's a big grc sign so clearly he's under their control Mm, he is and i think 
I think higher than that, the GRC is controlled by this power broker. So this episode was called Power Broker. Yes. And we just, there's no particular reason for that because he just, he or they gets mentioned quite a lot. Mm -hmm. But it's not about the power broker. We're not, it wasn't centered around, um, you know, this question of who is the power broker or, um, you know, it fundamentally being a, a strong quest for the power broker. It was a kind of meander towards, but there was just a lot of mentions. So if you're going to call an episode that, it should be about that, or maybe we at least meet the power broker. Just so much about that was unsatisfying. When we met that guy in the um, in the shipping container who, I don't know who he was, I don't care, he had this, it's just someone wanders in and within 30 seconds he, he literally says, I was a god. And he go, oh, okay, you're, you're doing your villain speech but you haven't really we don't have enough of an establishment of why why you're a villain and we had that whole bit in in a bar and then there was this woman who was basically doing a Helen Mirren impression but Helen Mirren doing a bad gangster film thing I just oh it was you know when Helen Helen Mirren plays gangsters it's just that yeah it was that but without the classiness of it being Helen Mirren um so well yeah all I'm saying is the Fast and Furious franchise is better than this because it's got Helen Mirren and that is what this was missing. No, I tell a lot. I can't even go along with that because you've got a really good cast here. You've got Anthony Mackie being really, just really charismatic, really good, and he still doesn't feel like a leading man because he doesn't have the material. He is leading man quality. He is leading man stature, and he's not allowed to be a leading man because the material just isn't there. And that's so sad. Yeah, I wrote... uh... I wrote in the in my notes. I wrote too fast, too obvious. Nice, and, and, and that is that is sort of what this this ep- like. You could I guess that could be the tagline for this whole episode. It feels like a Fast and the Furious episode, but it's it's not done well. And this you're you're right. This has the opportunity, considering the money, the considering the writing, and uh, you know considering the characters and everything else, to be that. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, I just wanted to quickly mention Sharon because um I don't I don't know who she is. Uh, I think she was in some other Marvel films. Uh, my She's in wife... Captain America Civil War yeah. as yeah. Uh, as a weird love interest as Peggy Carter's um, niece oh. in that. Oh, she's Peggy Carter's so, niece. Yeah, so she kisses uh, the real Captain America, not Wacton Planet, and there's like a weird moment there, and then that kind that's kind of it. She kind of disappears. She basically takes his side a bunch in the two... She's in two movies. She's in Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War. And, I, and I should have remembered her then. Um, um, but she just uh, seems like, to be here to be here. <laughs> well, let's see. What are you thinking, Chris? Well, I, I, re- I did, you know me, I do like when people punch each other or try and shoot each other at close range and don't manage it. Uh, all of that stuff is quite good fun. And I think she, she made a good fist of it in this. You know, yeah. she really beat up some people pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, called her the, I called her the White Widow in my notes because she's kind of like Black Widow light. Yes. Mm. She's yeah, not yeah. quite you know beige uh, widow beige widow yes yeah just something occurred to me which is that there is a um a sequence for henchmen in marvel films you go you get an easy one then you get another easy one then another easy one the one that takes a little bit longer but you'll get a weapon off that one so there you get another easy one another easy one another easy one and then there's another hard one or sometimes surprisingly that last one is easy as well but there is like a yeah it's like a little like they do like the whole punch behind them yeah for the mm. last person. So 
essentially she's playing like uh you know like guitar hero or something you know she's like <laughs> my Easy. exact yeah. thoughts yeah. yeah and uh I, I think that would be a good game some sort of like <laughs> marvel cinematic universe you, you could call it marvel <laughs> hero i guess yeah chop chop kick punch yeah i think that's uh what's uh, about grab guitar the superhero <laughs> Guitar superhero. I, I like. I, I would play this game as long as you. So wait, would this be? Hold on, RP. Because would this game be? Would this be like you have to? It's like VR, so you have to do it. Oh, there is actually a game a bit like it, and it's called Pistol Whipped, and uh, and that's based on kind of things like John Wick or something. And you you have to you've got music playing, and you're walking along, and you have to just shoot people in time to the music. You're like bang, 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 up, shoot, shoot, shoot. But I, I just I. Yeah, I just feel like there is always that thing of like, well, they're probably all trained at the same time. So why are so many of them easy? And then there's just one that's hard. Uh, and there was a guy with like a there. giant knife too. I don't know if you saw, there's one guy with a knife and that knife, had that guy not had the knife, even if he would have lost, but just not with a knife, the rest of them would have been fine. Yeah. But since she rolls, grabs the big, like, you know, you know. That's probably uh, his uh, knife. He probably his, would have his... home. They're like, yeah. Like, let's just all have a gun. Then we're all the same. And it's going to be easy. Like, Pete, have you brought the big knife? And he's like, no. Pete, have you no. brought a big knife? Because you always lose with it. And then someone yes. gets it in their neck. Yeah. I promise so is that guy. I, haven't had, I haven't got it this time. <laughs> he's like, come on, Pete. I know you did. I know I'm, you have. I'm going to call bullshit on that. <laughs> did okay. any of these henchmen look as though they would survive a single fight? And therefore, could this have been their second fight? True. That is very true. So, <laughs> now... <laughs> I want to talk about her coat. Good. I would okay. Because of course, that's of course. the best thing about her character. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to like her because, you know, I think Peggy's great. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be on board with her family. But no, just so bland. And just, and her all her info dump dialogue was the worst in this episode. I didn't even yeah, jot it, it down. Very, it was that bad. bad. Yeah. But when she was fighting, I was like, that, that is a quite stylish coat there. And as anyone who's worn a coat and just tried to move more than it was designed for well no the shoulders are always a problem tactical shoulders yeah. there was like um I, I don't know if there was like elastic there but there was a gap between the the sleeve and the uh the body of it so there was like kind of a movable bit there so i don't know if it was like a concertina thing or just a Ooh. different fabric there but basically the shoulders were designed for fighting that's that is a coat designed for fighting Ooh, and i like that i was very pleased with that because it showed sensible costume design, but also sensible um, secret agent-y, organised crime-y work on her part for picking that within Universe. In theatre greater than film, the regular, the main stage episodes, mm. we have a running thing that the collar is very important in a movie. Some movies come with very bad collars, and it puts me off immediately. So I I fully <laughs> agree with you, Arfi, that having a good tactical... It's like a James Bond suit, right? Like, uh, Blonde Bond, he, I mean, how do you fight in those those Tom Ford suits, they've got to have something special going on because the second you lift that tight suit up, something's going to rip. I like that. That is a, that is that is conscientious spying and I'm here for it. These coats were made for fighting and that's just what we... Um, I have one more, I have one, one more Sharon thing that I really want to say, yes. which is just her credulity about the fact that Sam is going to be able to clear her name. Sam can't even get a bank loan. There is no way he is <laughs> to be able to 
Hang on, hang on. Well, here's the thing. He knows rich and powerful people, and rich and powerful people are happy to help out pretty white girls with uh, whatever (laughs) they need. But when it comes to giving a black guy a loan, it's like, just, we don't, it's it's the economy. So it's... It's a lot of hemming and hawing. Uh, you're absolutely right. There was two moments in this episode in which he was ba- he said like one sentence, like I could get you, I could get you, you know, I get all those those you know all those uh, charges thrown out. She's like, okay, and then they get in the car at the end. He's like, you, you should come with us, and she's like, nah, just make sure that you get those charges dropped, and she just <laughs> <Bye>. walks away. <laughs> And you're like, well, do you want like a document, something, maybe sign some paperwork, nothing? I really want to do that thing where she was like, you know, points her two fingers at her eyes and about her and then just backs out of black frame. Yes. Just like, <laughs> and you just see her in Zemo's rear view. Like, you just see her doing that in the rear view mirror. Uh, yeah, great she audio did. Content. So- <laughs> yes. By the way, if you don't know, we are we are just miming those two, the thing that Chris described, poorly telling you what we're doing and laughing at ourselves. So, so <laughs> the audio description bit at this point, uh, Chris pointed uh, the first two fingers of his right hand at his eyes. Then he turned and then pointed one finger into the camera. And he's now backing away <laughs> and repeatedly doing that. <laughs> Backing away uh, and repeatedly doing Backing away and repeatedly. Michael did much the same, but not as many times as Chris did. Only Chris is now nodding mm-hmm. again. Michael is also... No- Chris is showing uh, enhanced interest and has now uh, put both thumbs up. Both <laughs> thumbs up. Oh, can I ask fun. one last question before we get into our improv? What did y'all think about the sting at the end? I mean, we didn't talk about Madripoor too much, but I'll just, as an aside, Madripoor, we should talk about it. We'll talk about it maybe at the end of the episode, but that's a whole nother thing. It's a weird thing. I, what did you think about the sting at the end of the I episode? I love the sting. It is one of my favorite films. Um, <laughs> I just, yes. I... I, that Robert I know Redford? I, yeah. yeah. Um, and I I think Marvel does the sting would be great. Uh, just I know we've had <laughs> slightly con stuff going on and we've had heist, but we need a proper long there con needs to be a good Marvel heist. film. Yeah. Using, you know, using superpowers in a you know cheeky, cunning sort of way. Um I, it's it's a very Ant-Man thing to do, but um if you're if you're really going I mean, the this is right for Ocean's Eleven. You know what I mean? Like an Ocean's, a Marvel's Ocean's Eleven kind of moment where you've got seven or eight, maybe nine, maybe 10, maybe even 11 superheroes together. Or or 12 or 13 for Diminishing Returns. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yes. And then seven again. What was the last one? It was was eight, Eight. which which was bad, unfortunately, because the cast were great. Um, Yeah. I mean, very disappointing. But the problem is, if you'd left it in the hands of Ted Griffin, who wrote the, the first three he doesn't seem to like writing for women so he doesn't so they had to give it to someone else who just wasn't as peppy with the writing uh a shame chris what are your thoughts on the sting the movie the sting i really love the movie the sting uh in terms of what you were referring to i just feel like one of us should talk a little bit about the episode so i will say that yeah obviously um having a bit of a black panther 
you know, Arthur was saying perhaps we're in a slightly less interesting corner of the MCU at the moment. Mm -hmm. So having Wakanda come in is Mm -hmm. obviously going to be exciting and opens loads of possibilities. Um, But uh, yeah, so I am. Yeah, I'm very excited. Although, again, I do resent, you know, every episode being here's something for next time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Every episode is structured like a season of The Walking Dead. Uh, Nothing of interest happens. And then at the end, it's like, you remember why you tuned in in the first place? Well, next time. And then just the same thing each time. The same shit. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I think it's interesting because I don't, in my mind, I think, especially after Chadwick Boseman passed, I have kind of turned off the Black Panther. Like, and in the sense of this is, it it was its own bubble. It will live, you know what I mean? Like it stays here Mm -hmm. and it's like untouchable. It's sacred land. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like this, this wonderful little moment that stays there and the rest of the MCU will just talk about the rest of MCU forever until maybe a sequel comes out. But I like that this world is now becoming, well, in this moment, at least we'll see this world is becoming its own world, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to live with just the Black Panther, much like Iron Man doesn't have to be the only, you know, like major MCU character or just like whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. If they could find some way of getting Killmonger back from the dead, he would make a great Black Panther. Um, A friend of mine has, uh, you know, a great theory about how you could do a wonderful Black Panther sequel. You just have to forget about him being dead and maybe use some kind of multiverse wishy-washiness to bring him back. But uh, there's a lot of really strong... Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of really strong uh, secondary characters who could step up to fill that mantle. But in that first film, Killmonger is the perfect... the perfect replacement Black Panther. So I, For sure. I, I'd love to see that. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris has... Uh, I, Chris is looking Go ahead and explain this, yeah. <laughs> Well, Arthur's reminded me that I wanted to set our listeners a game. And I also wanted to set my fellow co-hosts a game as well. And it's not mine. It's something I saw on the internet, but it it pertains to our show. And I think it's a really interesting thought experiment. So if I can ask people to sort of tell me their thoughts by next week on this. So this, this show is taking two characters, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and smashing them together to create something, you know, it's their, their relationship relationship is you're smashing the two together you i was just smashing the names together it oh, was lovely. bad and pointless i'm sorry <laughs> uh so taking these two characters that have never really had screen the, the screen time they deserve putting them together and the thought was well there's so many secondary characters in the mcu that you could smash together what would be your best series so i what i'm asking is take any two secondary characters which which two would you put together and what would be the plot that brought them together um and the when i saw someone talking about this they offered uh, some examples so here are some amazing secondary mcu characters that could get their own series <clears throat> jimmy woo obviously of wandavision yeah. and ant-man uh, rocket raccoon from guardians of the galaxy valkyrie from thor ned from spider-man uh akoye from black panther wong yeah. from stephen strange monica rambo from wandavision and a 
of course, Korg, the what rock monster. I was going to say. Yeah. My number one was Korg. So yeah, that, so, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Brainer. Well, I think I want two characters together. How did they get together and what would their show be? Uh, I'd like to sort of put that in as a thing for our listeners and for people for next week. So having seen WandaVision, I think uh, a Jimmy Woo and Darcy series would be just great. Um, they're both just really fun and nice and just having them in a, you know, a light-hearted X-Files-y kind of setup. So without all the big kind of conspiracy stuff, but these two just really nice, slightly daft, but in the best way people who are just really competent, but they don't seem it because they're around people who are superheroes. But in any other context would be the smartest, most brilliant people in a room. I just want to see them doing a thing. And it could be fairly low budget as well, because it's about the characters. Uh, but also cool. Uh, he might not be in that series, yes. but he has to be in more stuff. Oh, I'd love Tucker. Uh, let's throw him in that as well. <laughs> I think if you if you create a uh, a TV show that's like the X Files, you call it uh, you call it uh, Aliens, Agents, Androids, and Wizards, and you and those two are out there searching for and learning more about or like stopping rogue aliens, androids, or wizards. I am all in on that show, and it could be like the opposite of the X Files. So instead of them, you know, finding these mysteries and it's like, oh, are these things real or are they not? And skepticism's on. They're expecting expecting everything to be to do with super-powered stuff and, you know, wizards, uh, aliens, <laughs> yeah. and androids. But it's all just perfectly ordinary stuff that's just going on. <laughs> it's <just> complete <laughs> opposite. They just go and they're just like, it turns out somebody's just stolen their goat from a yard or Ugh. something. <laughs> oh, it was a gas leak. Well, next episode then. Could it just be Korg every week, but for a different reason? <laughs> he's just doing, he's just Korg, the, the mischievous Korg is out there fucking messing with the world. All right. I like that question. We'll ask it to the audience. Who would be your mashup crew? Uh, who is your number two? Uh, is it is it Pepper Potts? Is it a show with Pepper Potts and uh, Lucky? Whatever whatever the driver's name is from Iron Man. I can't remember his name now. What's Happy? It? Happy, yeah. Is it that? That's probably not it. That's a terrible show. That, no, uh, I, I do want <laughs> to see Pepper Potts just um, reorienting Stark Industries into Goop. Mm. Yeah, just the slow transition from Stark to Goop. I am goop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I am goop. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same ring. Uh, all right. Well, any anything else? We got to get to our rankings. We got to talk rankings. You know the deal, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to give you a beat, Chris. You come correct with the jams. We're going in three, two, one. I do do ratings. It's ratings time. Have I already done that? You've done that one already. You got to do a new jam. Chris looks visibly scared, and Michael is grinning. I'm ecstatic. Let's talk about ratings, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the different marks we could give this TV show. Hey! Oh, that was good. It rhymed. It rhymed. I had to do it very quickly because I thought I'd already got one, but I didn't. You did it. You did it. You can no longer use Flight of the Concords ever again in a a TV show. A a podcast. I don't know why I called this a TV show. Uh, Well, it's a TV show show. A show about a TV show, which Mm -hmm. is a show that we do. Chris Uh, is repeating his earlier body language. (laughs) 
with that, Chris, why don't you give me your rankings? Uh, episode three. Um, yes, I wasn't a huge fan of this one. I would give it uh, two breadcrumbs out of a loaf. Oh, in a bakery. No bakery. No bakery. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Arfie? What are you thinking? So, um, out of 1,000 Bitcoin, which it turns out was the bounty on their heads, which is tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, $60 million. I looked it up. Yeah. Um, I would give it um, about three Ethereum. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, that hurt my soul. That's not a lot of Ethereum, by the way, compared to the amount of Bitcoin out there. Uh, ooh. Mm, Wasn't guys. a lot of episode. Uh, you know, take... Th- Take it from Arfi, uh, Disney Plus. If you take some financial advice from us, if you want to make a really good third episode of a show, don't do this, according to Arfi. Uh, and he's available for rewrites and script doctoring if you need it. Is that correct? Is that right? Uh, currently, yes. <laughs> Uh, I will give this movie one missed phone call from your sister that you should have left unanswered. Really? Out, out, out of ten missed phone Whoa. calls from your sister. I didn't like this episode. I watched it again this morning. I watched it twice, and I tried to like get back into it. And I, I'm on board with Arfi. I again, I'm no, I'm no uh, Machiavelli here, and I am no rag about. I was trying to say like what's a like a what's a term for somebody who's kind of causing some trouble were you looking for roused about roused about yes or 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 gad about or any of those roundabouts or roundabout (laughs) or yeah roundabout but i didn't like this episode i was like come on we know this is gonna happen give me something better than this i did like z i thought zemo had the right kind of charm like uh i can't i think his name's daniel weir or something like that the daniel brew brew yeah he is awesome in everything he's done since inglorious bastards and all these other things i really do love him as an actor but and so he was very charming but i think zemo was like like you said chris we kind of know this is gonna happen he's gonna be like a charming guy who's eventually gonna turn on you so i didn't really find anything in this episode that i was like this is great changes the genre or elevates this type of episode in the show so also take my advice disney plus people i am also available <laughs> please hire me we're available as a team the three of us oh okay chris, chris is not available told, but he's not available to so he'll get a story by credit but he won't be there in the writer's room as such and you've just got to be okay with that yeah i am fair enough fair enough guys give me really fast wild predictions episode four what's gonna happen next uh, it's going to be a bad episode <laughs> fair enough chris so going to be underwhelming deep fake black panther bring him back I, and uh, the internet is going to not be happy about it. Yes. At all. If that, if that were to happen, they would be so freaking livid and I would be too. Uh, all right. We're going to do a little bit of improv just after this. So stay tuned, stick around, hang out. We'll be right back. And we cut to the private airway would sir like uh, an in-flight snack perchance i mean this is i this is amazing i i never thought well when we we're in high school together i never thought you would amount to having a private plane this is incredible well uh 
There is one curse of operating one's own aeroplane, and it is one is cursed to be one's own steward. I can uh, never uh, sit and enjoy it. I must always hand out peanuts and I mean, I'll take those peanuts. Bottles. Would sir like salted or more salted? Jeff, you don't have to call me sir. Like we've been friends for a long oh, time, and then... more than my job's worth, sir. More than my job's worth. You wanted salted? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, Jeff. Jeff, you don't have to. You know, we're just your buddies here. We're good old friends from school. Moist towelette. <laughs> okay. Well, Ow. thank you. Yeah, don't need to throw that, but we're just excited for you. You know, yeah. this is this is this is huge. Like, look how far you've come. Oh, you I were, yeah, you were living in your own car. Remember that in high school? I'm sorry, sir. I can't chat all day. I have to go down to the back end of the plane and see if if anyone there would like anything. Dude, wait. There's no one down there, but uh, I can't can't avoid my duties. Just chatting to to uh, passengers, even though they are my oldest friends. <laughs> Hey, Frank, like, what is going on with Jeff? I don't know. He's having a breakdown, I think. I mean, did you see he put that little curtain across first class, but he's he's living up there. He He's still doing that, living in a vehicle. The car thing? thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you think so? I think so. I mean, and who's flying this thing? It's only the three of us got on this plane. I know. Who is he talking about? Like, oh, I'm going to go on the back and serve? Pe- oh, it's, it's really sad. sad. These peanuts are yeah. good, but it's it's sad. I mean, yeah, they're great, but I'm I'm just like more, I don't know. Did Wait, you talk- oh, ring sure. the button for service? I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I've you left the cockpit on autopilot. Would that I could leave the service on auto service and then we could sit and talk as old friends should. But Jeff, alas. Jeff, we can. We can. <laughs> Good one, sir. But then who would bring sandwiches? Plowman's oh. or prawn cocktail? Oh, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not even that hungry, if I'm honest, if that's okay. I'll, I'll you know what? I'll take the prawn. I'll take the prawn. Hey, Jeff, why don't you, Jeff, Jeff. Just, just sit down. Just sit down for a minute. Let's just chat for a second, huh? Come on. Come on, Jeff. You are, it's Frank and Ryan. We're your yeah. oldest friends. We've got this time together for as long as we're in the air. Let's sit and talk like we yeah. used to. Yeah, just laugh it up. There's nothing I would love more, but if my supervisor noticed. Look, he's yeah. in prison. There is no way he's going to be able to get out of prison. You you keep talking about this supervisor, this person that you're waiting for, that you're, you're, you're on call for the whole time. But he's been in prison for years. But what if he gets out? What he, if he gets out in a hurry and he needs me? If I'm just sitting down here chatting about, oh, how have you been? How's the family? Oh, how's the imprisonment? boss then where would we be was if he's one of the most he's one of the most people in the world he's not going to just be able to walk out of prison they're going to be watching him the news would go crazy we would hear about it a mile away we'd hear about it a mile in the sky if if the literally the biggest villain the one the single greatest he broke up the hang Avengers on i'm getting a text oh oh would you look at there's been a prison riot well, I'm afraid we're going to have to divert. <laughs> Jeff, I'll Jeff. speak to the pilot. Jesus, Frank. Did you see his heck? face? He he changed. He when he read that text, he he changed. It was like he he went somewhere else. Did you see? It was like the cold eyes of a killer. It just yeah, changed. He's like, I mean, we're 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 32, and he looks like he's I don't know 71. He's aged so much. He's <laughs> really he's aged it's a lot. Terrible. It's it's honestly it's sad to see. Well, I, gentlemen, I hope you're both trained in the use of. Power. Parachutes. Um, what? No, what? I'm. No, what? No. Here you go. 
no. and you. Um, yeah. No, it's just when we get there, it would be very awkward if my friends are on the aeroplane with me. Don't worry, I have some miniatures to take with you. Um, rum, was it? <laughs> but uh, you can't be here when we land. Jeff, Jeff, this, this, this isn't a parachute. This is just a backpack that you have sharpened parachute onto the back of this. Don't worry, we're flying over the sea right now, so as long as you can yep. stay afloat, um, make sure, stay visible. Um, be bright orange if you can. Yes? Okay. Jeff. It's been so Jeff. wonderful. Yes. Um, Stop this. Stop, dude. You know I, what? I, I, it's more than my I just, check, I just checked my phone. There's nothing about a breakout. What do you, there's nothing going on. <laughs> well, out, out you chaps go. Jeff! Jeff! Jeff, what the <laughs> <laughs> it was a miniature. Oh, oh no. Wrong prison. I I wonder if I could cat it's too late. Oh why do you do this to yourself? Oh, <laughs> uh, yo, Arfi has killed us two weeks running, by the way. Just so you know. Out there in audio land. I think I did my podcast. <laughs> Oh, nice. I, he is killing it. I I like that. I like this idea. Poor Jeff. Is it Jeffrey? Should we have called him Jeffrey? Is that a, that's a British thing, right? Is that, it the, happens. what is the, what would, what is the quintessential? Cause you know, we call a, we are, we would call him Alfred probably would be the, the, the phony British name for a, a butler. What do you got? Is it also Alfred? G would be, G. yeah, would probably be our quintessential butler, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Jennings gets used quite a lot. Uh, Interesting. Jeffrey would come up a fair bit as well. Anything being with J, really? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> the old J. Yeah, there in you. fact, uh, it, Batman is redubbed as Jalfred in in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that. Let's go into final thoughts. Of course, in in British parlance, it's confusing because actually Alfred is the Batman to the billionaire. Um, he's you know he is his his valet, so he is the Batman. Um, he's the Bagman. Oh, the Batman. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's um, it's very confusing, um, and Batman, I'm not going Batman. to get into it. Yeah, he's I he's, like he's like a gentleman's gentleman, but he's a Batman's Batman. <laughs> As uh, you, you can have the bat, but the Batman's gonna cost you. Yeah, uh, nailed it. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and do final thoughts, episode three, before we get out of here. So I'm really, really looking forward to the Loki series. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the end. Chris, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> It's become very apparent that what this series is going to be, I think, is Sam's route to taking on the mantle of Captain America. Uh, and I think there was a moment in this that I, I really liked. It was like, okay, he's he's realizing uh, what it means and how many people have, how much people have suffered and what people ha- it's cost all of these different people to get Captain America. And whereas Steve Rogers was a good man, a lot of the, uh, the law surrounds Captain America is something that needs to be looked at and I think that is you know this series is doing that and I think yeah I think it, it, I'm becoming more and more sure that really what this series is doing is just moving Sam from the person he was and the, the view he had at the end of Endgame to being in a place where he can take up like he does in the comics the mantle of Captain America and that I'm quite I am quite interested in that yeah yeah same same uh, I hope they get there a little bit more uh, artfully if 
we will. Uh, but I agree with you. I do like the idea that Sam will eventually become Captain America. They they do they they try their best to talk about iconography today and the you know the sort of uh, overuse of the iconography and also the uh, the truth behind that iconography a little bit and his recognition of that. Him saying, "I want to get rid of the shield. Maybe I should have destroyed it." I think is a very Captain America thing to do. If Captain America were to say all of this stuff is happening because of that shield, I think he would say, then get rid of the damn shield. And I think that is appropriate to 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 that mentality. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe Arby. it's a metaphor for getting rid of shield, the mm. agency. They did already, though. Shit. <laughs> I don't pay attention to these things. <laughs> and with that... Oh, that is it. That's our show. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, please rate us where you can. Share it with your friends. Anybody who's at home stuck watching way too much Disney Plus or anybody in general. Also, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Theater Greater Than Film and join our Facebook page, Theater Greater Than Film. It's all TGTF all day. Always like it, share it, repost it, share it again, relike it, unlike it, like it again, follow it. Heart it, double tap it, do all of the things that you can do on Instagram and everything else to make sure that everybody hears about us. And <laughs> that's it. Arfi, how can they get in touch with you? Well, I just want to say you get the podcast for free, but you have to pay for <laughs> Disney Plus. You do. I am <laughs> at just Arfi. <laughs> And what about you, Chris? How can they get in touch? Uh, I'm at Mr. Chris Mead on all social platforms. Uh, I just want to say, though, that I do have... I just got a text uh, that the three of us are now wanted. Uh, uh, we've got a price <laughs> of 10 Bitcoin on our heads. Oh, shit. So That's actually we- a lot. It's pretty scary. So yeah. I think probably our best plan now is to go out clubbing for the evening. That's let's go dancing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go drink some champagne and spill it on a Van Gogh. <laughs> Take that, Monet. All right. We'll see you next week, episode four. Uh, bye-bye. Chris bye bye. Chris is waiting.